You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. On today's episode, we are talking about all things marketing and how to grow your business, which I know many of you will very much appreciate in these times. And I also have a really awesome giveaway. So let me start with that. Throughout the month of May, we are going to run a giveaway with one of my favorite companies in the world, Blue Blocks. You know, these are my favorite blue light blocking glasses. I wear my daytime glasses every day to help me when I am on the computer. I'm wearing a pair right now. And then I wear my sleep plus lenses every evening to help prevent that blue light that we are all exposed to from disrupting my circadian rhythm because I take my sleep very seriously. And this is a game changer when it comes to enhancing your sleep and optimizing your hormones. So if you want to win a pair of the best blue light blocking glasses out there, because a lot of glasses out there that claim to block blue light don't actually, these are real deal backed by the science. If you want a pair of these, then it's your lucky day because one winner will receive a pair of blue blocks, blue light blocking glasses of their choice. You can decide between a pair of the daytime summer glow lenses or the evening sleep plus lenses. So it's pretty simple to enter. This is running again all throughout the month of May 2020. And to enter, first of all, you have to be following three accounts. First, me, Christina Rice Wellness. Second, Wellness Realness Podcast, which you probably already are. And third, Blue Blocks Official. So step one, easy peasy. Step two is the real quote entry. So you can enter one of two ways or both ways if you want double entries. One way to enter is to uh, write a rating and review on iTunes. Take a screenshot and send it in to podcast at christinaricewellness.com. If you already wrote a rating and review, then you can screenshot that and send it in. But it has to be sent to podcast at christinaricewellness.com. And the other way that you can enter is by sharing an episode of the podcast on Instagram by taking a screenshot while you're listening on your favorite podcast app, uploading it to your Instagram stories and tagging Christina Rice Wellness, me, tagging Wellness Wellness Podcast and tagging Blue Blocks Official. And just so you know, Blue Blocks is spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X. And if you decide to enter by sharing on social media, make sure you screenshot that share and email it into podcast at christinaricewellness.com. We do that just to keep track of all of the entries because there can be a lot. So when they're all sent in via email, we can make sure we don't miss any. So you can you can enter once, you can enter twice, or actually if you continue to share on Instagram, then you can enter way more than that. So this giveaway will run until the end of May 2020. 
I wish you the best of luck. This is an awesome prize. And speaking of awesomeness, let's talk about today's guest, Kristen Hinman. Kristen is the host of the Cut the Crap podcast, Business Breakthroughs, which I highly recommend checking out if you haven't already. If you want to learn more about growing a business, all things marketing, she is incredible. She is the founder and creative director of the digital marketing agency, PR Media, and she has over eight years of experience in the PR industry. She's experienced firsthand what it takes to move a personality or a brand from totally unknown to known. She is all about smart strategy and cutting through the crap, which is why she is my kind of woman. She's awesome. And we also recorded an episode on her podcast. So she interviewed me on her show, Cut the Crap. So you can head on over to her podcast, just search in Apple Podcasts, Cut the Crap, and you will find it. And you can listen to my interview on her show, which was a ton of fun. We talk about all things marketing on social media and how I grew my brand, my blog, my coaching business, my business as a whole. So that was a ton of fun. So highly recommend checking that out. And you can also find her on Instagram at Kristen underscore Hinman. If you are interested in marketing, psychology, PR, then you will love the show. A lot of value in here. So enjoy this conversation with Kristen Hinman. One of the most common questions I get asked is, what is my favorite probiotic? And my answer is always just thrive. Most probiotics out there on the market aren't even true probiotics. They don't arrive alive in the intestine, so they are not even doing their job. And Just Thrive is a spore probiotic formulation made up of four bacillus strains that arrives 100% alive to the intestines, which is why people get real results with this probiotic, even if they've tried other probiotics before. This probiotic has been shown in human clinical trials to actually cure leaky gut in as little as 30 days. This formulation can start to heal leaky gut and Leaky gut is at the root of most major chronic illnesses in the Western world, like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, autoimmune disease, dementia, and other serious illnesses. There's no refrigeration needed. These strains are so stable that they don't need refrigeration. Probiotics that need to be refrigerated are so sensitive that they can't survive room temperature and are definitely not going to survive in your 98.6 degree body. Just Thrive is my top recommendation for supporting your immune system. Really important if you struggle with allergies, food sensitivities, autoimmune disease, or just any symptoms of low immunity. And I would also recommend their Ultimate IgG product for extra support in this department. I recommend this to all of my clients with compromised immune systems. Plus, Just Thrive Probiotic can actually help you reach your ideal body weight because it improves the production of short-chain fatty acids, which means less fat storage, higher fat burn, improved insulin sensitivity, improved satiety, and less gut and systemic inflammation overall. If you are ready to improve your mood and energy levels, get rid of joint pain, get rid of your allergies, improve your recovery time if you work out, and of course, optimize your digestion, definitely check out Just Thrive Probiotic. I am so picky about probiotics, and I am so adamant about the importance of your gut health, and Just Thrive is my top rec. And I also recommend checking out their most recent release, which is their Gluten Away, which is great to have on hand if you accidentally get exposed to gluten in your food. Really helps to settle down your stomach. So if you want to get 15% off of any product from Just Thrive, go to bit.ly slash justthrivechristina, and you can use my code Christina15 for 15% off. Again, that's bit.ly slash 
just thrive Christina and my code Christina 15 C H R I S T I N A 15 will get you 15% off. Kristen, hello. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. And for anyone who is not familiar with you yet, can you just tell my audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I am the founder of a digital agency called PR Media. Um, and it's named such because I have a background in doing um, pretty large scale publicity for clients. So some of my clients, you know, we used to get them on shows like being interviewed by Barbara Walters and Anderson Cooper. And one of the things I realized is when I launched my own business about four years ago is that people would get sort of this wide scale exposure, but they would really have nothing to leverage it like in the back end, which I know you're an expert at. I can already tell (laughs) is that's how you've built your business and um, your, you know, your career. But what I realized is that a lot of people sometimes do it backwards. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I launched my own business, I really focused on digital strategies and how to take sort of that experience that most people were used to in like a face-to-face setting and bringing that authentically into an online space. Um, so over the last four years, I've, you know, that has changed and evolved. And I, I actually still have some clients to this day who kind of started with me back, back then a couple of years ago, but also expanded into having my own podcast, which is called Cut the Crap, and um, you know, doing some consulting work and and other things along that line, those lines too. What made you want to start Cut the Crap? Mm. Well, the like the subtitle or whatever you want to call it is called <laughs> Business Breakthroughs with Me. Uh-huh. And so one of the things like just at being a consumer of this kind of thing. Like when I was starting my business, you know, like buying courses and learning about marketing or like the, how to do paid traffic and all of these things that I sort of dove into head first, I just realized there was a lot of crap out there, honestly. Mm. And it was, it, it has taken me several years to be able to sort of filter through for my own purposes of like what is actually really relevant to me And so things like, you know, like tripwire funnels and, um, you know, evergreen things that you get sucked into that aren't authentic, that like all of a sudden your email's blowing up 10 times a day, all of those things drive me crazy. And so I like to, like in the format, when I set out, I really wanted it to be one solid sort of takeaway, like something I've learned or a client's done or something that I've applied And I'm really big on emphasizing like, hey, if this resonates with you, like sit down and actually write out how you might be able to implement it as opposed to sort of like just listening and consuming. And if not, just move on. Like if this doesn't, you know, just use that as a filter to like keep cutting the crap because we're getting bombarded. I mean, with so much shit that it's, (laughs) yeah, that was why I started it, honestly, because I didn't feel like I had anything like that. Yeah. And I'm really glad you, you said it in that way, because I know for me with, especially with business and people getting into this, it's so overwhelming. It's all these, like a million things you're supposed to be doing. And, and you're getting, like you said, a million emails about, you need to work on your email marketing, your, your Facebook ads, your Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's so overwhelming. It makes people just either freak out and do nothing, or they're spending all their time on the wrong thing and not really understanding where to start, you know? So I'm really glad you said that because I know for me at first it was so overwhelming and now working with clients and I see, you know, what they're working on, they're telling me what they're focusing on. I'm like, why? 
why why are you spending your whole day figuring out which three brand colors are the best and you like <laughs> I don't right. even know what you're selling you know so um what do you think is something that people tend to focus on a lot that they shouldn't work on first yeah that's a great question I, in fact, have two conversations just before this with clients who I've worked with for a long time now, <laughs> and it's, it's sort of this repetitive theme of, and I think it's maybe the, the curse and the blessing of being an entrepreneur or being a creative, is you often get a ton of ideas that come to you. That's how I am. I've always, mm-hmm. sort, like, I've always sort of downloaded, you know, whatever, however you want to call it, a bunch of ideas. And it's like tricky to know, like to what you're saying, it's tricky to know what to focus on. And then you see that like, oh, I need to be on Twitter. It's like, I don't even know how to log into Twitter or, you know, <laughs> and it's, it, I think what usually what marketing successfully comes down to is really focusing on one thing and getting really good at that one thing and the way that you position it. So like as an example, like a real world example that I like to use is everyone's heard of hydroflasks, like the water bottles that are double insulated. And there's probably a million water bottles, right? Like you could go on Amazon and find a million different types of water bottles. But the reason that that company sort of at the time when they grew and like stood out is because their positioning was you, we keep the, your drink cold for 12 hours or hot. It was hot or cold, I think at the time. Um, and like, that's a position that's like something that you can bring to a marketplace that someone can understand. And so I think when a lot of people start out, they don't fully understand how to, how to like properly, properly like leverage that positioning or even how to articulate it sometimes. Like what I see is a lot of people know, like, I'm really good at this and people really get benefit from working with me. Like I, I've been able to help all these people, but Sometimes when you're too close to it, it's hard to see, oh, it's actually, you know, you actually help people because of this. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's just like we're, we're a little too close to it, especially when we're just starting out and we're like inundated with all this, you should do this and you should start here and you need to have an email list. And usually what I recommend is just pick what you're like, if you're trying to decide between Facebook and Twitter or Instagram pick whatever resonates with like, and start with one, just start with one and see, you'd be so much farther along if you like, let's say only started on Pinterest, for instance, Mm -hmm. and 90 days from now, that's all you focused on as opposed to trying to spread your attention over 10 different platforms or something like that. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Everyone's trying to do a million things at once and also just focusing on, sometimes focusing on things that are just not bringing in any money. Right. I'm like, why are you spending eight hours a day out writing blog posts when literally no one's on your blog? Right. <laughs> you know, like no one's going to stumble across your blog. Right. I think that's a good point too, is like one of the things I, I talk about a lot is there's usually short-term things that will like, oh, the way I like to look at it is what will make an impact right now on my business and long-term things. Like you're talking about a blog, right? Like a blog is probably a longer term strategy because you have to be consistent with the content and write the keywords. And there's all these things to sort of understand that like go into it. Um, and then short term, like an example of that is actually the client I was talking to in our hour long, you know, meeting something, she kind of randomly said something. And I said, well, is, you know, she's has a startup. And I said, and that invest, she said something about an investor. And she, I was like, so is that investor ready to you know, like, is he ready to be presented to and to, to invest? And she's like, yeah. 
And I said, so why aren't you focusing only on that? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's a short-term thing. Like he's ready. We're in the sort of this uncertain time, but mm-hmm. he's expressed that he's ready. So like, let's focus our energy there as opposed to, and she's got, a, she too has a list of about 20 things where it's like, I'd love to do all these things. Mm-hmm. It's like, great, let's kind of tackle it in chunks of what's going to move you forward the fastest right now. Yeah. And I think that also relates back to what you're talking about before being too close to it, you know, like not really understanding how to position it. Also not knowing what to focus on because a lot of times, you know, you want to just like follow your, your heart there. Yeah. And I believe, I mean, I'm such a big believer in like building your business in flow and like not forcing anything, like it should feel good and in alignment. But at the same time, sometimes your what your heart says isn't the best business strategy, (laughs) you know? So um, do you ever like meet resistance with that? And how do you tackle that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, and like what I'm hearing you say too, is sometimes it's sort of the struggle between like your intuition and then what you kind of think you have to do Mm -hmm. or what you're supposed to be doing. This is, this is how I like to think about it is, and probably like you, I've spent the better part of like the last maybe year, year and a half of kind of diving into these things and understanding like, you know, what, how do I listen to my intuition and what is it trying to tell me? And I think it's really important to like a couple of things that have been turning points for me is being really clear on what is and what isn't. Um, and some of that, like, especially for me was financial, like being really clear on where I was financially and how I was spending money and why and where it was coming from. And, um, but like objectively, as opposed to inserting any like stories or feelings I had about it. And once I could really do that, I started actually being able to make better intuitive decisions because, I no longer was making it from like a place of fear, like of, oh my, which I think um, sometimes if you sort of don't hone into this skill, I guess, or like practice it, you'll get that gut feeling, but it's actually a, it's actually a fear response as opposed to uh, um, actually this is like sort of, this is the right decision for me to make next. And so that hopefully that makes sense, but that's been kind of like a big um, turning point for me. And so I, I just, I want to encourage people like, yes, in business, I think there's a place for following your gut and your intuition, but it has to be from a objective place, I guess. Almost, like you, it can't be from a place of like, oh my gosh, if I do that, or even, oh my gosh, if I do that, I'm going to be so famous. Like I would mm-hmm. love to do, you know, <laughs> Some, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I think I love that you explained it that way. And I, I feel like this is interesting for me because I really like to teach people to use their intuition because I, my intuition always leads me in the right direction. I think that's available to everybody, but I think you have to like earn your right to get there. And if you don't know anything about marketing or business, how can you, how can your intuition be right? You know? So it's like when I first work with somebody and it's like these little small things, it's like what their handle is and what their website is going to be called and what their Instagram bio is going to say. And they're so tied in to one specific thing. And I'm telling them, I'm like, if you just change this one thing, I promise things will yeah. shift. Like it can sometimes be that simple. And I meet all this resistance. Like, no, I look, I love this name. I love, like, it's the right thing. And they're resisting. But I think to your point, that's coming from a place of fear, right? Mm-hmm. A place of fear of changing. Um, and that's block. But then it's like, as soon as we get them to make that, make that shift, things like instantly and people see better results. And yeah. 
And then it's like, once you learn the industry a little bit more and kind of like get deeper in it, I think then your intuition starts to turn in the right direction. Yeah. And sometimes it's not like, it's definitely a fear of changing, but I like what I see too, is it's this fear of almost, sometimes it's like the fear of putting yourself out there or it's the fear of like, oh, well, what if I say this and nobody likes it? Or like, it doesn't like people think it's silly or um, I don't know, you know, all, all these, like sometimes subconscious fears that I see like, oh, well, I can't only focus on this one thing. Cause like, there's all these 20 other things that are going to, but it's like, no, if you focused on that, that's the gold. That's yeah. That's where it is, you know? How do you help people walk through, move through the fear of putting themselves out there and people not liking it, especially right now when it's like so mm-hmm. important to be in the digital space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, two things. Number one, I'm a very big believer in something I, I learned from a mentor. It's called messy action of just doing it and starting before you're ready because nothing will ever be 100% perfect. Mm-hmm. I usually like to say 70% is good enough um, because like the thing that I sort of talked about earlier is the, the way that you've been successful, for instance, or the way that people grow their business is through consistency. Mm-hmm. And so you can't sit there and plan on your Excel spreadsheet for three months. Like you would be way better off at like, throwing spaghetti against the wall. Yeah. I know, you know, at least trying it. Maybe people hate it. Maybe people love it. I saw a post that you wrote about this earlier this week is like, maybe, maybe no one's commenting or maybe no one's doing it. And I, you know, I've been there. I'm I'm sure you've been there. Mm -hmm. I still don't have a huge audience, but I remember maybe two years ago, I said, you know what? I keep saying I'm going to do more video and I, I haven't done it. So every day in the month of November, I'm going to go live on Facebook. And even if nobody watches, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, so I did it and I stuck to it. And one of the things that was great about it is I was, I was right. Nobody really watched it. But to your point in that post is people just didn't engage with it mm-hmm. because months later, people would be like, oh, I saw you're doing the thing about this. And I saw your video. I'm like, what the heck is that? What yeah. the heck is going on? So yeah, number one, messy action. Um, and number two, like to your point about, you know, maybe not feeling like you know all the marketing steps or what's next. Um, it's really important to just understand the facts. And I've said this before, but I actually have a workbook that I developed that that has helped people who aren't necessarily marketing gurus to understand this because Number one, you want to make sure you, the the biggest thing I believe is you want to kind of cast that future vision of like, this is how I want it to feel. This is like, I want to wake up and I want to feel fulfilled and I'm running a team and this, and then to take a step back and like, look at what is. So what were your sales? What are you selling? What, what have your numbers been? What have you tried marketing wise and what were the results? And, and to it's, there's something about, it's, it's like a workbook you can write in. And there's something about people actually sitting down and filling it out. It's, I don't know, 15 pages or something. But even just asking yourself those questions, because now you can sort of see like where you would like to be and where you are, Mm -hmm. but very objectively. And so I think that that's, that's an important part of being a business owner, because there is a lot of emotion involved. And you have to be able to kind of evaluate, um, you know, what's next and what's right for you. And yeah, definitely. Um, and I, 
I mean, I think this is something that held me back for a while at the beginning was I didn't really have a, a goal. You know, I, I was like, I didn't really have an, a goal of how much I wanted to make every month or how many sales I wanted to make or like, it was just like, I'm going to keep putting stuff out there and it'll stick. And it's not until I was really clear and like really clear on what my actual goal was that I was able to reach it. Cause I could reverse engineer and be like, okay, these are the facts, right? This is how I, how I make it happen. And I think that especially for women in the entrepreneurial space, like marketing sales business can just feel overwhelming. Like just, just that those terms, because I think a lot of us feel like it's this kind of male male mm-hmm. energy and mm-hmm. super complicated. And I don't think it it's as complicated as people just decided it is in their heads initially, yeah. you know? So it's like something like that workbook um, is so helpful because I feel like, you know, it's just breaking it down really simply and just being like, okay. I mean, I think there are just a few main things to keep track of and you don't have to overcomplicate it. And mm-hmm. I found that it's interesting for me, like learning about business and talking to, um, male friends. And when they talk about business, I feel like they try and overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. Like they use big words and they try and overcomplicate it. I'm like, this is why a lot of women are scared to enter into this space. Yeah. So I don't know. It doesn't have to be that complicated though. <laughs> no. And it, but it, and it has to be something that you can understand, right? Like you, we might be looking at sort of the same metrics, but you might talk about it in a different way than I do. Or mm-hmm. like you might in your specific business, it might have more weight than something in my business, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like how how many people are you supporting and are you supporting them to like the best possible level? And does your income reflect that? And if not, is like what part of that equation is off? Wearing blue light blocking glasses is one of the easiest biohacks you can introduce into your life to support your sleep, to balance out your hormones, to improve your mood, and to improve your energy levels. And that's why I really want to share with you my favorite blue blocker company, Blue Blocks. I've tried so many different types of blue light blocking glasses over the years, and these by far give the best results because they are 100% backed by the science. Orange lenses are only blocking a part of the blue and green light spectrum that disrupts our circadian rhythm, which in turn causes health issues. But Blue Blocks has red lenses, their Sleep Plus red lens, that are tested to make sure they're blocking that full spectrum so that you get better sleep, deeper sleep, less anxiety, and ultimate relaxation. I like to wear my Sleep Plus red lens with the Parker frame as soon as the sun goes down. And then during the day, I wear the Blue Light Clear lens, which is a blue light filtering lens for the daytime, best for people who work in more natural lighting. But if you work in more artificial lighting or you struggle with seasonal depression, I would recommend the Summer Glow Yellow Lens. These daytime glasses will help reduce migraines, headaches, macular degeneration, and digital eye strain, which is super important if you're on a screen all day. Like me, I notice that my head hurts. I feel foggy. I get moody. I'm just really cranky if I don't wear my blue light clear lens. They have about 20 different frames to pick from, so you'll definitely find something that you like. I get compliments on these glasses all the time. And you can also send in your own frames or use their custom-made prescription service if you'd like something a little bit more customized. And if you really want to amp up your sleep game, check out their Remedy Sleep Mask, which is a 100% light-blocking sleep mask. This has changed the game for me. And for every pair of glasses they sell, Blue Box will donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who gifts them to someone in need. So if you want to get your hands on the best blue light blockers on the market, just go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. 
and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, will get you 15% off. When you use these every day, trust me, you'll notice a huge improvement in your productivity, your mood, your energy, and of course, your sleep. Let's circle back to what you're talking about beginning at the beginning where it's like people might get big media exposure, but mm-hmm. they don't have any buckets. Like they're making mm-hmm. it rain. There are no buckets. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody kind of fix that if they're in that situation? Like, oh, I'm, you know, going, I, I got all this media exposure. I have people coming to me. Like, how do you, how do you fix that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I actually, I mean, I, it happens all the time and you don't necessarily need to have like media exposure, for instance, a lot of times people I work with have just have really great reputations like locally or mm-hmm. even in their own communities. They're just sort of um, like they've just built up a good reputation. Right. And there, there's a couple of ways to fix it. But at, like as an example, I someone here who I know through a friend of a friend kind of reached out to me and was like, hey, could I buy you coffee? I said, sure. So you know, I go and meet with her. And she's like, I know excited. what that means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I go and meet with her and she's all excited because she just, she had just done a TED talk and it just went live and she had been working for a year to get this. And it's a great accomplishment, right? A TEDx talk. Um, and, you know, like, oh my gosh, that's so great. And so then she just cuts to the chase and she says, how do I get on Oprah? And I was like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, like everyone, first of all, everyone wants to be on Oprah, right? Yeah. Like it's not just you who wants, she's like, I'd be great on Oprah because of mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I'm sure you probably would be. Mm-hmm. But like, truthfully, you're not ready because she didn't have, like, there was nothing on her website like that would monetize her business. Mm-hmm. She was hoping to get booked as a speaker from this TEDx thing, but she hadn't actually sort of like started booking these larger scale speaking events yet. And I said, you know, like, like, honestly, you just, your website's a bit, it's just a little disorganized because like, there's no clear focus. There's not really a lot of positioning. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that, that's sort of like a, like a obscure example, but that's what I would see happening all the time with my clients is even for instance, I had a doctor who was on Barbara Walters and it, like, like I was saying all these shows and he was on just like consistently back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. And as soon as sort of that media wave died down, they would be like the client would be on the foot, like, when's the next thing? When's the next thing? Because they would be dependent on it mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, what I, the systems we put in place now for our clients is like, when you get that type of exposure or like, even if you're running paid traffic or advertising or on a podcast or something, mm-hmm. where are you going to send people to continue that conversation? That's really important. And to, to, to know that not only is your positioning on, for instance, a show like this, like not only is that consistent, if someone comes to look me up, now they have a place to go. They have a way to engage with me. They have maybe more content they could consume. Um, it's sort of this, um, like a stepping stone, right? Like you have to build the bottom steps instead of starting from the top. Yeah. The foundation is so important. Actually, I was just talking about that this morning in my mastermind. Like we were talking about how so many people just want to be speakers. Like they want to be speakers and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, but where are you making your your money? Like Mm -hmm. if your income is on speaking, I mean, first of all, it's kind of difficult to do, but second of all, in a climate like this, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, you're depending on getting the next speaking event versus you're using the speaking event to put people into your funnel. Right. And I see that a lot with, um, 
you know, my demographic is slightly different than yours, but I see this in a different way with them where everybody's like, how do I build my following? And I'm like, for what purpose? Because you're not even selling anything. Like where, yeah. where are they going to go? What are they going to learn? Right. You know? And it's like re- reversing, reversing that. That's such a great example. Cause there's so many people who see uh, like these big speakers, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know who your audience listens to, but like Rachel Hollis, for instance, yeah. like booked on the biggest stages in the country. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but she is a great example. She has something behind it to monitor. Yeah. She has books and conferences and, you know, obviously it's taken her a decade or whatever to get there. I just happen to know her story a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's, that's a great example of like, she has this stuff behind her. And maybe when she started like speaking, she didn't really know sort of where that would go. But like, that's a, that's an example of um, how to really have that foundation like you're talking about. I mean, I, it seems like from everything I know about you and like I've seen about you, like people come, it's a very clear path of like, Hey, this is what I have to offer. And you know, if people are interested, that's probably why they're at your site. So now they want to know more and they want to hear your podcast and they want to follow you on Instagram. And it, it's this building of um, like touch points really of, yeah. and like engagement points that you can connect with people. Yeah. And I'm glad you like brought that up about about the speaking because this is something that I didn't realize until like two years ago. And I think a lot of people listening might not realize is speaking events. So I have a few friends who throw like really big, amazing, like two to three day conferences, um, you know, high ticket sales, but I know they're not, I mean, they make like a good amount of money from ticket sales, I guess. Right. But really where most of the money is made is off of what they're funneling people into and like affiliate stuff. I have a friend who threw a huge conference here in San Diego and like she made a hundred thousand dollars in the first two hours after, mm-hmm. after that event, just because of her affiliate sales from that. And that's what people don't understand. It's all about that, that funnel. Um, and I think people don't understand what that means too. So maybe we can like go back to basics and explain to people like what a sales funnel is. Sure. Um, that's a big question. <laughs> it sounds simple. Um, yeah. I mean, I think first, like to your point is, I really believe that the best sort of like conference, like if you see someone who has a conference and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. It's, it's, I agree. Like the successful ones are much more than like sort of the celebrity that comes behind. I have my own show. There's always like the best ones usually are bringing together some type of community that then already, like they're already used to you and they maybe work with you in some capacity and they're ready to buy more right? Like mm-hmm. that's what you're saying is where people make the money. And so I think um, like to simplify it, typically, uh, you know, a sales funnel is basically just someone comes to, let's say a landing page, they get some information about what it is that you have to offer and they want to take the next step and purchase from you. And so like usually, I guess in the internet world, it would be maybe like a, a series of at least two pages where like, one is the information and the checkout page. And then one is like, thank you so much for buying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let, you know, that's sort of the basic, um, you know, there's, I, I'm not necessarily like I create funnels and stuff, but I, I don't necessarily, I'm not Russell Brunson or anything. <laughs> um, but you know, that's sort of like the basics of it, but then you start to put in marketing strategy around it. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. okay, so you have this page, like, how are people going to find it? Are they going to get value from it? How are you going to, like people don't just go to a page and buy things anymore. Mm-hmm. It's that day has long gone. You have to provide value and you have to interact with people 
Um, and for you, maybe it might be, you know, maybe in a few months, small workshops or something where then people buy something from you, or maybe it might be online advertising. Maybe it might be beefing up your Instagram. You know, once you sort of have like your positioning and your purpose in mind, then you can really start to develop how is this sales funnel going to, how is it going to support me and my goals? Like, what are my goals with Yeah. Um, how is it going to actually help people? Um, I, I'm guessing you see this a lot, but one of the things I see and where, where I think people get really frustrated is they'll put a post out on social media, like, Hey, I'm doing this thing, like go visit my page and no one buys, right? Mm -hmm. It was like crickets. And so I think, you know, when we use social media in that capacity, especially when you're just starting out, I see this so much is like people get discouraged because it's like, Oh, I put like all this time and effort into this post. And I'm like, yeah, but you did it one time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it has to be this, you'll get maybe sick of it, but it's this consistent messaging said in 20 different ways on, you know, mm -hmm. like even if you say it on Facebook, one platform every day for 20 days, that's consistency and you're adding value and you're, you know, you're not necessarily always asking for the sale, but mm -hmm. it's you're always a, asking for something. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad people, I'm glad you're saying this because this is something like people want to speed up the process. And I'm like, then you have to start right now because it takes time for people to trust you and people have to hear your call to action at least six times before they even understand. Right. And right. I always think about, I always like share my experience with whenever I would, I had this program that I used to launch like three times a year. And, um, you know, for like two weeks before the launch, I'm posting about it on like my Instagram feed stories, sending out an email, Facebook, like every, I'm, this is all I'm talking about all the time for two and whole weeks with it. Yes. I'm like, yes, <laughs> exactly. And then what happens is the enrollment closes I've only been talking about that for two weeks and people are like, and all my podcasts here, it's everywhere. And people always email me and they go, oh my God, I had no idea you were, you were <laughs> enrolling for the program. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> people have to hear something for so many times and like nobody goes to my page and then the next day buys something from me. No one. Mm -hmm. People are following me for a good amount of time and I've had to ask them something so many times before they are like even interested or actually, let alone willing, willing to buy. I think people don't realize how often they have to say something before people actually hear it. And I mean, I have a larger audience, right? So if, like for me to have to do that so many times, if you're first starting out, you really have to like every single time you talk, give that call to action. Yeah, you absolutely do. And it's, um, it's interesting too, because even, I mean, like you're saying, even with a bigger audience, like people just, you never know what they're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is people are just at different stages of the buying process, right? I mean, I remember I had a client, this was early on in my agency and it, she was actually like the, the marketing director or something for my client's business. And she kept saying, well, people are just going to want to buy it. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, you know, that may be true. Like there's going to be a certain percentage of people who are like, yep, I'm ready. It was a medical practice. Yep. I'm ready for that procedure. So, you know, sign me up and they've already come done all their research and they're ready to buy. But there's a certain percentage of people who aren't even sure they have a problem yet or like aren't even sure what a good solution might be. And they have no idea who you are. And then mm -hmm. there's going to be people who like, maybe they kind of know who you are. 
but they're not really quite sure if they, they need it or they haven't like maybe it, nothing you've said yet has sort of like hit them where it's resonated like, oh, I need that. Um, or like their pain just isn't great enough and maybe they're not a client now, but maybe they'll be a client in the future or maybe they'll refer someone to you. People are just like, you just never know. You never know where, where or when you're going to hit them. Mm-hmm. Very the message. true. Which is why it's so important to always have things to start getting them into the funnel so that no matter what, what, where they're at, they have like yeah. the free content and you move them into the next stage. Um, and I wanted, I, well, I really want to talk to you about paid for advertising because this sure. is something I don't do. You know, I don't know yeah, anything about sure. it. Um, and like, I know that like Facebook ads, I, I have, you know, some of my friends who are starting smaller companies like they have seen such amazing return on Facebook ads Mm -hmm. but they tell me about how you know they worked with one guy and it didn't do well and they worked with this other guy and it did really well and so from my side knowing nothing about this I'm like okay so what's the difference between the person who knows how to do that well and the person who doesn't yeah um that well the best answer is you know there there is obviously like a certain amount of knowledge that goes into it but I I mean almost anyone can learn how to use the Facebook ad platform that's not necessarily the difficult part the, um, the part that I'm a really big believer on is um, what, has, what has worked in the past, right? Which is, again, goes back to that workbook I have of like, and I actually do this with all new clients who, who I start to work with is like, what have you sold? Like, what are the numbers? How do people respond? And, you know, not everything needs to be about sales, but, but that's sort of like the best kind of objective metric we can use. Because if you've, let's say, sold um, your evergreen course, and, uh, and we're comparing that versus like, let's say the sales of like your business coaching now, where, where is like, what, which one is making the most money? What historically has worked? Why has it worked? What have people responded to? Mm-hmm. And, and so I like to look at all that data before actually then determining like, is Facebook ads even enough? Like, would that even work for you? I don't know. Um, you know, I wouldn't know unless it, that's kind of how I work with clients. Like, I don't kind of know until I get into it. Because, you know, maybe Instagram ads are going to be better for you. Maybe Google searches would be better for you. Um, and so there, but there's all of these components that go into it. And so I think when people sort of like when they say, God, that guy didn't work, it's usually because in my experience and not always, but it's usually because that person probably didn't understand sort of like the bigger picture mm. and also didn't understand how to like best leverage the successes that you've already had. Mm-hmm. Um, so like an example of that without talking in jargon, for instance, is like, I've had clients who say, you know, we, we go through this process and they're like, yeah, and then I really want to sell, um, you know, like, let's say my course about whatever holistic functional medicine or something. Great. Well, like how many have you sold and how many patients have you worked with? None. Okay. Well, you know, like there's no sort of proof of concept, even in an offline capacity. Mm -hmm. And so you don't need a ton of, um, offline, uh, like success or like online success even, but there has to be some data to look at and there has to be some clues to follow. So like, if you're at that point where it's like, Hey, I'm like thinking of starting my business or I don't know you have to, there's then sort of different parameters that I like to advise people of like, you need to go ask people what they want. And you, instead of spending all this time, for instance, creating a course, go and ask people if that's the course they even want yeah. and then create it with them and then try to sell it because now you know people want it mm-hmm. as opposed to spending four months in your basement working on a course that you then try to sell and nobody wants. 
Um, and so paid traffic has to work into that strategy. I'm a big believer in that. Otherwise it doesn't work mm-hmm. because I could put an ad for you up on Google and, you know, just cause I've kind of been doing it for so long, I might be able to just look at your site and like kind of guess what people want. But I like the best campaign for someone like you or someone who's thinking about like, maybe I should be doing Facebook ads is like, how will this actually best support what I currently sell, what I like, where I want to go with it. Um, Like, is the budget that I have available even going to make sense? Or is that going to be better spent somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes just talking to someone who kind of does have that marketing depth is like, just as a sounding board, like that I'm a big believer in telling my clients that like, I'll get through that whole process and be like, you actually don't like, you shouldn't even be doing Facebook. Yeah. I'm, you know, we, and for instance, I worked with a what were they, a pharmacy? And that's actually what they came to me for. They're like, hey, we need help with our social media and Facebook. So we go through this whole process. And I'm like, you guys have a list of 5,000 people in your own backyard who are previous clients who have just stopped coming in. Like you need to do a direct mail campaign and an email, like like probably a couple of email blasts and their business picked up like in a matter of a few weeks because it's like people had just forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, and we eventually did add in Facebook, but it wasn't until like, you know, I, I like to, like I was saying, I like to go for what's going to move you forward the fastest right now mm-hmm. and focus there because, you know, people want to yeah. see results. <laughs> I totally agree. And I think that's a really common mistake people make where they're so busy looking for the next and they're not nurturing what they already have. You know, yeah. somebody's already invested in you. Like that's a hot, that's a hot lead. It's super hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's so. Yeah. They've already paid you. Like they've already invested. Um, like those are the people to go to first. So even if they haven't invested monetarily, it's like for me, the people who listen to all my podcasts, read all my blog posts, like those are the first people who are more likely to buy something for me. It's not somebody who just popped on my Instagram page yesterday, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I think, and I, I think that people need to like, you know, not forget about who's already, who's already warm, who's already hot. And just people are so busy. I think sometimes just trying to get to to new audiences, which is great, mm-hmm. right? Part of growth, but you can't just like forget about people who are already there because mm-hmm. um, that's going to make you money. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, to that point too, it's not to say that running Facebook ads, um, and by the way, there's a big difference between boosting a post and actually running an ad campaign. Um, but, you know, it's not to say that using it sort of very strategically in the beginning couldn't help you to grow your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm testing that out right now with my podcast, right? Cause I do have that paid traffic knowledge and mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, trying to test it out to see if it's rep- like if other people can replicate it. And so, you know, there, there's definitely sort of, you know, I'm not saying don't go do Facebook ads if you're just getting started out, but have like a clear purpose in mind. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, maybe it's to get 10 people into a beta group or, you know, maybe there it's to just get 10 people to come join you and talk to you on Instagram. I don't know, you know, like everyone's have different objectives or, mm-hmm. or depending on where they are in their business. You also find that it depends on the type of business. Like, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know anything about Facebook ads, but I would guess that someone who's like working with clients one-on-one, I don't know. I have found that products do a lot better with Facebook ads. Like my friends who are selling, like selling products that seems to do really well with Facebook and like one-on-one consulting at like people just from what I've heard, don't see as much return with Facebook. Yeah. It's not necessarily, um, 
it's sometimes it's just about the strategy too. Um, what I found is like for someone who, who sells something like consultations or coaching, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more of a warm up process that has to go into like courting, so to speak, cold traffic. Um, you know, for someone like you, you already have a lot of platforms that they could interact with you on. Um, and so, you know, like to that point, a Facebook, a successful campaign might be, uh, like there's ways to, for instance, um, kind of put some videos out to see like what's going to resonate with people who don't know you, which is, which I call cold traffic, which Mm -hmm. other people call that too, call it that too. Um, and you can kind of do what's called like segmenting them into audiences. So it's kind of cool. Like they have this feature where like, let's say someone watches 75% of a video, you know, that someone who watches that much of a video is probably more engaged than someone who's only watched the first 10 seconds. And you can actually segment that out and start building like a warmer audience that then like interacts with more of your content. And then maybe you make an offer to them or like it. So there's, there's, um, typically what I see, it's like a bit of a longer warm up process. Mm. Um, and it's just sort of a different strategy because yeah, but people do like, you don't necessarily go to Facebook to buy a product, but I mean, I bought stuff off of Instagram before. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But yeah. And I, I mean, I think for my, just being a consumer, I'm a lot, it's a lot easier for me to buy a product than it would be to invest in like a person's program or course or coaching. Like I see shit on Facebook all the time and I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. I should click on this and buy it. You know, I'm a lot easier to sell there. It's also usually lower, lower cost. Right. You're paying 10 or 12 bucks or something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So what about email marketing? I think that this overwhelms a lot of people who are first getting started and a lot of people are like, do I even need it? Um, how, how do you feel about email marketing and how do you incorporate that into people's strategies? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, it's, it is pretty dependent on sort of like where you are in business, but I do think like long-term that's going to be your most valuable asset. So it kind of comes back down to like short-term what's going to move you forward the fastest and then long-term what seeds can you plant? Like having a robust email list and a big email list is only something that's going to like, it's an asset that you can take anywhere essentially, right? Like you own it people know you. Um, and I don't have a huge list, but when I do email them, like they, it's, it's sort of like these people that I formed relationships with over the years, um, whatever, if they're speaking or just working with them or stuff. But like, you know, I sent out an email two weeks ago and almost everyone responded and it's a small list, but like that, like that, the, the more engaged, it's not necessarily about the numbers either. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's about how, how much they trust you and respect you and engage with you. Um, And then like sort of to the point of like, what do I write about and how do I write it is like, it doesn't need to be anything fancy. Like when I, sometimes I'll just start out and I'll just pretend like I'm talking to one person like, or my sister or something. And I'll just write very, like just very much in my own voice. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, um, you know, there's all those courses out there about like how to draft great emails and here's how you write stories and and that kind of stuff. So um, try not to kind of get overwhelmed by that. And do have something. I love ConvertKit personally. I think it's super easy to use. Um, but you, you know, get whatever a free Mailchimp account at least or <laughs> a free mm-hmm. ConvertKit account and like just start, just start putting people in there and seeing where it goes. I agree because like 
all of these social platforms, like you don't know what's going to go down at any time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really, and that's also related to, I think like social media following, like it's not about how many people follow you. It's about what your engagement is, you know, like, like I know so many people who have really small email lists, but their, their click rate is so high and like they get so, it's like so much return. And like, like you said, everybody responds and it's like, that's way more valuable than somebody with a million people on their email list from five people open it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm sure some people have massive email lists, who, mm-hmm. but people still respond. I mean, mm-hmm. I can think of a few people where, but they're, it's very intentional and they're sort of like, that's, they've focused on that and they've built that over several years, you know? Yeah. So I think a lot of people are like, you know, I start an email list and what do I do with that? I know I read an email. What about like frequency? Um, do you use a lot of sequences? Like how important do you think all of that is? I don't know that I'm the best person to answer because I am like the least consistent person (laughs) for you actually so for you personally how do you like stay in touch with everybody um gosh that's a good question um you know the like the way the way that I built my business was like I was saying I had a background in doing PR and so when I Mm -hmm. launched this it's almost like an extension of it so Mm -hmm. I kind of reached back out to that network of people that I already had and said hey I'm doing this and I ended up getting a small handful of clients from that and which led to referrals and which has led to and it's sort of been like just um, built upon my reputation honestly yeah Um, and delivering good work and you know month after month like people that's my business model is like recurring revenue of agency clients paying me each month. Um, and I, you know, I, I have meetings with my clients and stuff. I don't, I have gotten more active on like, I, I find personally those types of clients, they're, they're more on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've also, you know, now spent time kind of developing my Instagram and it's also, it's just, it's kind of interesting to see like where people come from and it's only, it's only recently, probably in the last like four to six months that I'm like, okay, I need to actually make more of a concerted effort to, to like build kind of a cold email list. And then mm-hmm. what am I going to do with that? Um, and I don't, you know, I'm guilty of not doing it that often because it's not something that's like super important to me right now. It's not anything that I feel like I, I really need to focus on. But I also, again, like back to a long-term strategy is I know that this needs to be done. So I'm sort of slowly for like me personally in my business, Mm -hmm. chipping away at it as I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that's a helpful example because it's like you built your business differently. Right. And like you still, if everything went down, you still have like your whole network of like, it's still there. Right. Um, And I think also that example is helpful because, you know, in my space, I think a lot of people, they just do it all through online. And I'm like, that doesn't mean you can also use like referrals are my best source of clients. You know, it's not like everybody who I work with, is just some, somebody who follows me, you know, a lot of people are referrals. Um, and so it's like, if you can build, build that and like your reputation, I mean, to me, that's what a brand is. It's like Mm -hmm. what people say about you and like what your reputation is. That's really what it is. And that's what makes people want to buy. So like, um, I mean, I think it's just, for me, I really want to make it clear to people, like, don't worry so much about like, I need a million followers, right? Just like, Mm-hmm. making sure that the audience you have is really engaged and like focusing on what's working for you and converting. So mm-hmm. I think that's a helpful example. Yeah. And then, you know, it earlier or like late last year, there was a couple of, um, 
like I had an idea. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I should start this program. And so I did a couple of feelers and I put out a couple of things here and there. Um, and I was like, hey, who'd be interested? Who like kind of does this describe you? And like, who would be interested in this? And I made kind of like a small offer for like a beta course. And I had um, like a small handful of people and it was like a higher price point. So I had a small handful of people who signed up. And I remember there's actually one woman who, um, you know, she was, she reached out to me and she's like, Hey, I'm kind of just getting going. Like, this is where I am. And typically I don't actually work with people who are like kind of just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, like the way she presented it, and like, she had already kind of done all this pre-work and I was like, yeah, you know, like, I actually think you'd be a good fit and here's why. And we started working together and she just messaged me like two days ago. And she was like, I just want to tell you that I'm quitting my job on May 1st. And like, I'm, you know, like wow. oh, I'm going full-time in this and I can be home with my son. And like a lot of it was not necessarily like me giving her a step-by-step, but it's more like, I, I don't know if you see this, but sometimes it's just like finding the person who is already sort of in momentum and like willing to take action. Cause as a coach or a consultant, it's like my best work is when I have the ability to guide people mm-hmm. as opposed to like pushing them, you know, mm-hmm. like I, when I can see where they're headed and just say, I see what you're doing. Like, what if we just make this little course correction? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, you know, we see the best results, I think. And so I know, totally. that's a good example of like, and I realized like, oh, I don't actually want to be doing this. <laughs> like I really loved working with that small group of people, but I was like, oh, this is not where I want to take my business. So yeah. I didn't sort of like fully dive into like a new segment that I wasn't prepared for. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good point. I think a lot of people are creating things that like they don't even know if they would like and they don't mm-hmm. know if anybody else wants. <laughs> um, you know, and this comes back to like, oh, I was so inspired to do it. Like, intuitively this is where I'm led, but it's like, there's a balance there, right? We also want to be smart. So you're not wasting five months of your life making something that no one else really wants. So I think, you know, working, working smarter, (laughs) not harder for sure. Um, well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure people are going to want to connect more with you. So why don't you just remind them where they can find more from you and listen to your show? Yeah. The, so the best place is probably Instagram. I'm Kristen underscore Hinman. Um, you want me to spell it or you just type no, it in the show notes? Show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the best place. And if something I said resonated with you, shoot me a DM. I'd love to know and just connect with you. And I, I love to just chat with people. Um, and my show is called Cut the Crap. And it's on, it's a Soul Fire production show too, just like yours. Um, and the website is ctcpodpod.com. You can find all the info there or just and, go to my Instagram. There's a link there. Yeah. Well, and tell people a little bit about like what you talk about on your show. Yeah. Well, it's called Cut the Crap and the subtitle is Business Breakthroughs because um, like I was telling you earlier, when I first started, started out in my business, I was buying courses and, you know, doing all this research and I mean, to what we talked about, it's just freaking overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much information. It's hard to know who to trust. And I was really sick of like opting into things and getting 10 emails a day and going down these annoying funnels and people shouting at me to buy. And so the reason I, you know, the reason I started the show is I didn't really see anything else like this out there. I mean, maybe there are, I try not to listen or I try not to consume too much anymore, but, um, yeah, but I just, I wanted to give like each show 
tries to give one sort of actionable thing or like a takeaway. And if it resonates with you, I encourage you to figure out how you can apply it to your business. And if not, to just keep moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have any sort of like tripwire funnels or fancy, fancy schmancy opt-ins. Um, I mean, Clearly you like- your email list is still, <laughs> is still in production. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, like if people like the show, there's a place where you could opt in. I have like five longer form episodes that I've recorded for people who want to dive a little deeper into like, I call them the five business pillars of success. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like I, I don't, you know, I'm not like pushing it because I don't, I, I want people to consume it if they want to. I want, if it's going to be helpful for them and to take what they take, what they want when they want it sort of thing when they're ready. Love it. Love it. Cut the crap. My kind of girl. I'm over here. My my business program is called No Bullshit Business School. Oh, perfect. Yeah. There we go. So we're on the same wavelength. I love it. All right. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you so much to Kristen for coming on the podcast and sharing all of her knowledge. Make sure you head on over to Cut the Crap Podcast to learn more from Kristen and also listen to my interview on her show. It was a great conversation and I think you'll get a lot of value out of it. You can also find her on Instagram at Kristen underscore Hinman. Don't forget if you are ready to up level your biz, if you're an online coach and you want to grow your online coaching business using social media without having a big following, make sure you check out my group coaching program, No Bullshit Business School. I am currently enrolling and spots are almost filled up. You can find information about that at christinaricewellness.com and just click the business tab up top. Don't forget that if you want exclusive behind the scenes content related to the podcast and my life, all the juicy stuff is on my secret Instagram account. It's called Wellness Realness Crew and you have to request to join. And the way you join is by DMing a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to that account. And when I get that in and you request to follow, I will accept it. But I have to have that screenshot of your iTunes rating and review in my DMs in order to press accept. And then you get all the juicy deets. You can also connect with other listeners of the show on our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. I would love to connect with you there. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time. Bye.